Hello and welcome to the first ever Clear Cruise podcast, our opportunity to share interviews and insights into everything that's happening in the cruise industry. So what do we have for you in our first ever podcast? Well, later, Lucy Huxley and I interview Lisa Lutov-Perlow, the president and CEO of Celebrity Cruises, where we talk innovation and, of course, celebrity edge. Journalist Jeremy Skidmore got the opportunity to talk to the mayor of Dubrovnik about some of the challenges that popular ports might be facing in places like the Mediterranean. And we start with uh, Giles Hawke from Avalon Waterways and journalist Jane Archer, where we discuss some of the recent trends, new ship launches this year, and some of the growth that we're expecting. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Andy Harmer, and I'm joined by two very special guests. Why don't you introduce yourselves? I'll go first. Hello, I'm Jane Archer, and I'm a, a cruise journalist. I've been uh, working for myself now for, uh, gosh, nearly 28 years, uh, and almost 20 of those specialising in writing about cruising. Um, among the various uh, papers and magazines that I write for are The Telegraph, um, Travel Weekly, uh, various other trade titles and magazines. And I'm Giles Hawke, and I'm the UK CEO for Avalon uh, Waterways. I also look after Cosmos Tours for the UK and Ireland. I've been with the company for two and a half years. Prior to that, I spent about 16 years with two major cruise, ocean cruise organisations, um, Carnival uh, UK, Carnival Group, P&O Cruises, Princess, Cunard, and for a while, Ocean Village. Uh, where I was head of sales and sales director for about 12 years and then two and a half years with MSC Cruises looking after UK, Ireland, Scandinavia, Australia, South Africa and working with my colleagues in the US and South America. Perfect and thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a really exciting year for Cruise, 27 new ship launches this year. Uh, Jane, you've probably been to many of those ocean ship launches. Is there anything that stood out from, from what you've seen this year? Gosh, where shall I stop? <laughs> there are so many things that have stood out. I mean, I've been along to see Symphony of the Seas. That was a fantastic um, inaugural that, that uh, sort of kicked off the big ships, if you like. Mm. And then we were followed with the Carnival Horizon and then following after that, Norwegian Bliss. And I've just been on MSC Sea View. I mean, all of them are big ships. All of them are real standout in terms of the features that they've got. And, you know, you've got the go-karts on Bliss. Um, yeah. You've got the water slides on Seaview. Uh, you've got some uh, fantastic design features on Seaview as well uh, on the inside. It's something completely different. I know it's it's also been on Seaside, but I'm saying that because I didn't see Seaside. Sure. Uh, so it looks very, very special indeed. Um, and then, of course, you've got the contrast with some of the smaller ships that are coming along. So we've already had Seaborne Ovation. And coming up, we've got... Uh, the Ponor ships which are going to have these uh, bars beneath the waterline and you can actually look out and see whales passing or that's whales as in sea <laughs> yes sea the, the, rather, than, rather the than the country yes uh, so that promises to be really fantastic so so the, and the cruise industry really does seem to have stepped up in terms of innovation on board you've been reporting for for a number of years that it is quite an incredible year isn't it 
It is, yes, yes. I mean, and it's getting, I mean, I, th- I think they're getting more and more ingenious and mm. innovative in terms of what they're coming up with. And I guess they've got to because, you know, if you've already done like the obvious things and who knew they were obvious at the time, I mean, you know, an ice skating rink for right. goodness sake and a rock climbing wall. <laughs> but now you look back and think, yeah, why not? Uh, but now they've got to come up with some really more and more innovative things, and and they're doing it. It's it's fantastic. It really is. And have you noticed uh, that these changes allow travel agents or consumers to really tell the difference between different cruise lines now because they have these points of difference? I think so. Um, it's not it's not easy for agents unless they've actually been on, and once they have been on the ships, then they can tell the difference, um, and and it's very clear. To see what the difference is but you have to go on in order to see it and and, and them then for them to be able to pass it on to their clients and it's in terms of the atmosphere on board mm. uh, you know MSC still has very much a European feel um, the the other big ships Carnival very much has an American feel to it it's a party ship um, Symphony of the Seas less so but it's still very American uh, and so on so you but as I say you need to get on to get that understanding of what it's like so that then you can pass it on to your clients. And Giles, I guess on, on river cruising, you have less scope for that kind of innovation, but but are we seeing that happen in the, in the river sector? Yeah, I think there's less about the um, onboard hardware being vastly different. You're limited to a certain length and width and height on most river cruise ships due to the, the restrictions of the rivers that you're traversing. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of the innovation comes around the sort of software in terms of the product offering, the type of excursions, the things you can do off the ship as much as on the ship. Um, and if you look at maybe some of the new entrant like you by Uniworld is aimed at a sort of much younger market, although they've now opened it up to, to yep. all ages. Um, and you look at what some other lines, including Avalon, are doing, where they're looking at more active, more discovery. So it's more about immersion in the uh, locality where you are, rather than sort of go and do a coach to a visit, come away again. It's actually getting really involved in whether it be uh, learning to paint uh, or, or learning to waltz in Vienna or learning to um, seeing how cheese is made in a French um, cheese factory. I can't think of the word for cheese factory. <laughs> cheesery. cheesery <laughs> in a French cheesery. Um, so it's more about the sort of immersion in what you can see and do uh, and more, as much what you can do in the destinations. But the ships are still important. The ships are abs- absolutely key. And, and in the same way that Ocean Cruise has a type of offering and a style to suit everybody. River Cruise, you are seeing uh, a real stretch of from probably entry-level river cruising uh, at a more traditional end to ultra-luxury and everything in between. So you can have a a luxury cruise which is very traditional, very formal. You can have a luxury river cruise which is a much more relaxed, um, informal atmosphere where you don't have to dress up for dinner. Mm. And, And different people will like different things. So I do think that River Cruise is starting to sort of fill a, a span which appeals to everybody rather than being a very focused uh, niche. And do you think River Cruising therefore is more about destination than maybe some of the new ships that Jane's been talking about? I think you could go on an ocean cruise and some, some of the big new ocean cruise ships, you could go on an ocean cruise and not want to get off the ship for the whole time that you're on a seven night or 12 night cruise. On a River Cruise you would definitely want to get off the ship because you haven't got that plethora mm. of entertainment and activities and things to keep you busy all the time and so I think the destination becomes even more key with with river cruising 
But we recognise that's why people want to go on river cruises, because they want to visit these places and get right into the heart of the city or the area that they're going to. Yeah, river cruising to me is all about the destination. Uh, but having said that, you know, the, the ships that are there, the, the river ships are, that are coming along are absolutely fantastic. And I guess one I really ought to mention also is, of course, Amma Waterways, the new Amma Magna, which is the double width mm. uh, river ship that it's bringing out next year, which will just cruise the Danube. Uh, because it's too too wide to get through the locks in in any other river, um, but that's going to be something quite innovative as well. So it shows that I mean that there are possibilities. Mm. They're not huge, but there are possibilities within the river cruise industry to do more with the ships uh, if they focus on particular rivers uh, in order to do it. So and and that's an interesting one because it's a ship uh, specifically built for a certain river, and I guess we see that already in Asia with the ships are very different to the European ships and things. So are we? Is that where the river cruise sector is headed? You think, or are we? I think it'd be interesting to see. I'm sure it'd be very successful for Amma, and I think it's great to see people try different things. But in Asia, um, we are seeing ships specifically built locally for the for the river to make sure that they can go to certain places that um, would be more difficult in a European design. The flow of the river can be different. Again, on the Amazon, you've got a completely different design ship. So you, ships are designed to suit where they're, they're meant to cruise. Um, and that, that will probably continue. So I think once people do get onto a river cruise ship or a number of ships, they can see the difference between the styles and the uh, level of service and the decor and just the approach to the holiday. Um, and I think a lot, of, a lot of river cruise lines are trying to differentiate, differentiate themselves with their... Um, excursions and the things you mm. do off the ship and that's right. where the differentiation comes in okay so then tw so 27 new ships this year 29 new ships next year that allows the industry to spread i guess its hardware across the world and we've certainly seen big growth in the australasian market uh with huge penetration in that market but ships being located and transferred down there for that market and of course river ships now asia and, and north america so are we seeing a really global industry for the first time? Oh, I think so, yes, without a doubt. I mean, China is, is coming along. It's, it's got a few hiccups along the way, but yeah. it's definitely coming along. Asia is growing. You know, the number of ships that are moving into Asia is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, when you look at what it was just five years ago, it's extraordinary how it's grown. Um, the Caribbean continues to be really, really strong. South America, as you say, Australia, or mm. New Zealand, they're, you know, absolutely, this is a global industry. And has that affected what our ships are like in terms of onboard mix of guests, but also what facilities and activities are added to them? Or, or do you still see ships specifically built for certain areas or markets? Well, I think actually you do see ships built for certain areas because the, you know they, they have been building ships specifically for China hmm. uh, to fit in with China. Uh, I mean, and you've got Princess Cruises, which um, refurbished uh, Diamond Princess in order to suit uh, sailing from Japan. So it made it into a product that the Japanese would like as well as international guests. Uh, so that there is very much that kind of thing. It's trying to make sure that that you have something there that is going to appeal to local people, just in the same way, for instance, that that P and O is very very British to mm. appeal to appeal to the British. P people do like that. A lot of people like to go abroad and have totally abroad, but a lot right. of people like to have something that's very familiar to them. Sure, Giles. What's what's coming up in River Cruise that we can excited about i think there will be further well there will definitely be further growth in asia hmm. um, there are a number of new uh, ship launches coming up in asia and in india um, there'll be more focus on india i think that it will be the development of 
the breadth of cruising experience that River will really start to deliver on and opening that appeal to a much broader market. Because we, we and actually we talk about those three growth niches happening within cruise, expedition, luxury and river. But I guess in some ways river can cross all three of those. I would say very much so. So if you look at the Amazon or you look at the Ganges or you look at the, the Mekong, I mean, they are very much our expedition cruising. You're getting into the heart of a country, which you wouldn't see very well in any other way. And many of the river cruise lines are very much at the luxury end, um, same as a luxury hotel or a luxury uh, ocean cruise ship. So cut, cut across all, all yeah. sectors. And Jane, finally, any destination that you are excited about that's, that you haven't yet been to? You, you must have travelled to a lot of places. I've been to a lot of places. Uh, funnily enough, once I've gone to a place, I tend to go back <laughs> so, for some strange reason. I don't yeah. know why, but um, I've got several on my list. And one of them is Japan, because um, I've only ever flown in yeah, there and then left there. straight away. So right. didn't really count as going to Japan. Uh, New Zealand is also on my list. Yeah and um, Australia. I'll be going back to Australia several times. Have you done the Kimberley bit of Australia? I have done the Kimberley. It's fantastic. I would love to do that again. Every day is different. It's it's something really, really special along there. It's different, it's unusual, it's kind of wacky, um, and you get crocodiles. (laughs) What's not to like? (laughs) Absolutely. And Giles, for you, any rivers that you haven't yet sailed on that you really want to? Well, I'm very boring, actually, and I I really fancy um, cruising the Rhone. I love the idea of doing a sort of active cruise, uh, yeah. river cruise on the road and going kayaking in the Ardèche and going cycling uh, um, down, down in the south um, near Arles and having a sort of active experience but yeah. having the, the food and wine and the weather that goes with it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Jane, Giles, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank I'm Jeremy Skidmore and I'm here with Mato Frankovic, the Mayor of Dubrovnik. Uh, Mato, good to see you. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, Dubrovnik's tourism situation. Very popular city and a lot of um, cruise ships coming into the, into the city. So tell us about the current situation. So the current situation is getting better considering uh, destination, Dubrovnik destination. Uh, you know that uh, the last year and year before had a great hush about Dubrovnik becoming victim of uh, its own success. A lot of people, uh, destination become pretty much overcrowded and uh, there were a lot of negative publicity uh, going against Dubrovnik uh, becoming overcrowded destination. And how many cruise ships then do, do you have typically in peak season or, or on a day coming in? Considering the last year we had uh, between four to ten uh, but just in thursdays fridays saturdays and uh, sundays uh, the rest of the week we didn't have uh, any of uh, at all so uh, this why uh, we saw how to uh, resolve some things and how to lower the numbers of the people coming in destination in same time okay so you have an awful lot of tourists coming in on particular days what have you been able to do to change that actually what we did we approached to clear uh, organization of the cruise ship companies uh, and we said to them listen we do have a problem and we think that we can solve it uh, only jointly mm. with you working on that together in order to spread the number of uh, the cruise ships coming in the same time in Dubrovnik and uh, to change some of uh, dates uh, and dates of arrival. 
And we succeed in that in the first year. And this is actually first year that we implemented that. And already now uh, results are uh, very visible. There, uh, there is actually up to mm. this point no overcrowdedness at all. So what, what, what has changed then? You've got, uh, instead of having all the ships coming in on certain days, have you got them spread out on different days? We spread out them through the week and through the day because some of them were coming, uh, let's say, uh, the same two ships were coming at 6 o'clock in the morning, leaving 2 o'clock afternoon. Mm. So what we have now is one is coming at 6, leaves at 2, the other one is comes at uh, 8, leaves at 4, and it's already a situation, it's already uh, good. And some people, if they're actually spending more time in the city, um, you, you've staggered it, but they might be spending more time in the city, also spending more money in the shops and restaurants, I guess. Definitely. The, the, our goal is uh, also, again, need to be worked on uh, completely with CLIA, but we succeed even in that. Some of the boats are uh, coming and staying for all day long. So, so from mm. 6 o'clock in the morning up to 9 o'clock in, uh, in the night, and uh, this is success because then the tourists can go whenever they want through the day to see the city, to eat some lunch, to visit some stores, to mm. check the museums, uh, to see the city walls. And this is uh, actually what our long-term goal is. And I can imagine that working with CLIA helped you because it would have been very difficult, I guess, to approach individual cruise lines, wouldn't it? If we did approach them individually, then we might work with one company, but then other company will jump in uh, in the free spot and say, why not? I, I'm going to use that uh, date or that hour of arrival. And this is uh, that cannot be worked with one company. And uh, we are very, very happy that we actually succeed with CLIA and that CLIA see their opportunity to work with one destination as Dubrovnik is. Uh, and then uh, now we can jointly say, listen, there is a solution not just for Dubrovnik, for many other world destinations, uh, for many other tourist uh, attractions, because, of course, tourist attractions are attractions. And now with this modern uh, world, with the possibility of uh, cheaper travel, everyone mm. wants to travel. Of this course, is a normal yeah. thing. Yeah. It's interesting you should say that other destinations are looking at I know your concern, obviously, is Dubrovnik, but do you see other cities copying this model now and, and staggering arrivals? Uh, so we already know that the cities as uh, Barcelona, Venice, Amsterdam, New York and many other world uh, destinations are actually coping with the same uh, issue and the same problem. Some of them did already start to implement uh, some actions in order to control it. Uh, some didn't at all, but uh, at some point uh, they all need to do that because mm -hmm. otherwise uh, they will lose in the future times. Uh, I think that the future of tourism is sustainability. People want, of course, to go to popular destination, but no one wants to be in overcrowded destination because then you do not enjoy over there. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure one or two days is not enough to discover everything that Dubrovnik has, but it's been great talking to you. Mayor, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Andy. Love being here. So the conference theme this year is Generation Cruise. So do you agree that there's never been a better time for our industry? 
Yes, I do agree there's never been a better time for our industry. Um, I've been doing this for a pretty long time, uh, 33 years now, and as I look back and as I look at today and as I look at as I look forward, it's really a wonderful time to be in the cruise business. Where we've come is just dramatic and and unbelievable. I don't think any of us would have thought that all the all these years ago, but where we're going is even more exciting. But let's just look back at the last 10 years or so, and what do you okay. think has been the most significant sort of uh, things that have happened in terms of onboard innovation? Oh, it's, uh, it's so dramatic. I mean, where we were 10 years ago and where we are today, um, you look at the, the job that the industry is really doing on how to attract new people into the category because the industry has been growing at a wonderful and steady pace. Um, the demand has kept up with the growth. Uh, the, the industry is continuing to grow, so everything that we've done in terms of innovation on board and really focusing on the markets that are important to grow, families, multi-generational families, younger people, younger cruises, first to cruise, has really been a dramatic focus of this industry and you see the innovation and, and what it's done and uh, all of the people that are cruising now and it's really spectacular. And you mentioned innovation, what's driving that innovation and why do you think it makes us stand out from the rest of the travel sector? I think it makes the cruise industry stand out in a special way with all the innovation because people don't think of ships in the same way as they think of other vacation destinations. Mm -hmm. So the industry has just done a magnificent job in convincing people, regardless of what they expect out of their vacations and how they want to see all of these amazing places in the world that you absolutely can do it at sea and on a cruise. Um, I don't think, you know, I know I might be a little biased, but I don't think there is a better way to see the world than by sea. It's beautiful and it's magical and it creates these experiences you can't get from any other vacation type. And that's really what people are looking for now. So I think the industry has done a beautiful job at attracting people um, to our vacation experience. Yeah, and you mentioned all the different types of people that are now cruising or that you're now targeting, and yes. you said uh, younger people. So do you think uh, millennials are likely to be the big cruising generation of the future? Is it, is it too far to suggest that they really are going to switch on to cruise? No, I don't think it's too far to say millennials are the future of every business, not just the cruise business. Mm -hmm. They, um, Even if they're not cruising today, they're setting all the trends that you look at for any experiences, whether it's technology experiences, vacation experiences, brand or product um, innovation outside of vacations. The millennials are really setting all the trends. For us, as we look at our market at Celebrity, we definitely are looking at the millennials. They want everything we offer. And there are millions of them that are our prime target. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really bucket anybody in one way or another, but when you segment the group and you look at the different things that appeal to them, their ages, their income, what they're trying to do, what they want out of a vacation, the way they live their lives, I really think cruising fits in beautifully to their lifestyle. And we often say that there's a cruise for everybody, so I guess that means you have a very diverse mix of guests on board. We do. And um, that's another thing that's really lovely about the industry. There's a lot of people like me on board. You know, people want to go where there mm -hmm. are people like them. And I think as the industry continues to differentiate itself and we really secure our uh, place in certain markets, for us it's that modern luxury space, then you get more and more people who fit that and more and more generations, psychographics and demographics of those people that are cruising, which just makes it a better experience for everyone. 
Yeah, sounds great. Now, you've got a new ship coming out in November. We're very excited sure about. Do, so are we. So, <laughs> how is Celebrity Edge going to move the celebrity brand forward? What's going to what's going to be different? What's going to change? Well, I think everyone is very familiar with all of the great reveals that we're doing and the things that we're talking about with the ship that really makes it so special. It, you know, as I thought about this opportunity when I first uh, took this job three and a half years ago, it really was an opportunity to not only transform our brand, but transform the industry. And this ship has really done both in a spectacular way. It's exceeded every expectation we have. The design is magnificent. The experiences are fabulous. I can't imagine seeing the world um, on a better ship than Celebrity Edge. Does Edge reflect kind of the changing attitudes to holidays in general or just reflect where cruising has got to, do you think? I think it affects the general attitude about vacationing and especially cruising as we talked about uh, a minute ago. We were talking about just how people want to see the world and there's no better place to see it than by sea. And when you think about what Edge was designed to do, it was really to give people a closer connection, not only to the places that we visit, but also the ocean. And whether you're looking at the um, Edge stateroom with the infinite veranda or the magic carpet or the resort deck or the rooftop garden. I mean, you look at all of these spaces, Eden, which really gives our guests a connection to the sea and um, and the destinations we visit in a in a different and magical and very innovative way. Yeah, because everyone's talking about wanting authentic, real right. experiences right. on holidays now, so you right. believe that Edge will actually give them that. Yes, and that's really what celebrity is about, just giving people an authentic experience and a way to uh, visit these places around the world in a meaningful way um, through taking them into these places, overnighting in these places, but also bringing these places closer to them on board, which I think is the great opportunity that Edge mm. provides. So is there a pressure every time you bring out a new ship like Edge to get it bigger and better than the last time? Um, well, absolutely. Not necessarily bigger, because Edge is the same size as our Solstice class. But certainly, every time you introduce a new ship, it's an opportunity mm. to reinvent yourself and reinvent um, your experiences and attract new people to your brand. And for Celebrity, we haven't designed a new ship in 10 years or launched one in six. So this created a wonderfully unique opportunity for us. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all, no. So obviously, lots of travel agents uh, listening to this interview. Yes. How yes. can they take advantage of all the trends that you're jumping on and all the new innovations and features that you're bringing on board and we'd like to know particularly how UK agents can get involved. Well it's just wonderful to see the growth of the UK market and how the travel agents are supporting the industry um, and how consumers have really latched on to cruising as a wonderful vibrant viable vacation and this is a great, this isn't just a dynamic time for the industry, it's a dynamic time for our travel agency partners to take advantage of everything the industry is doing and the money we're investing in the ships we're bringing into the market to really grow um, the business in a, in a meaningful way. And um, you're all doing an amazing job at that right now and I would say keep it going. And most importantly, make sure that the guest is on the right brand and the right experience because I think that is really important and that's what will keep people coming back to cruising. Excellent. Thank you very much Thank for your time. You. It's my pleasure. Best of luck with Edge. Thank you so much. Can't wait to welcome you both on board. We'll be there. Forward to it. <laughs> Thank you. And that's all we've got time for in this, our first episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've enjoyed listening to some of the leaders of our industry. Now, of course, you can keep up to date with everything cruise 
in the usual way through the Clear website and also through our various social media platforms. Now, we're working hard already on bringing you episode two in our podcast series, so look out for that. In the meantime, happy cruising. <laughs>